Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. So today, we're back in the book of Revelation, a Jesus letter full of hope, written to the faithful in Christ. Our campuses are in a teaching series on the seven churches from the book of Revelation. And this morning, we're going to cover Jesus' letter to the church at a place called Thyatira. If you haven't heard the previous messages of this series, I encourage you to go to cotnaz.org and watch Listen online. When Christ commissioned the Apostle John to write the letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergama, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Lacedaemon, the early church was facing historic persecution under the Roman emperor. In the case of the church of Thyatira, There are three specific problems the Lord is addressing to them. One, internal compromise. Two, false teaching. Three, a willingness to tolerate sin. Although it was written in approximately 95 AD, it stands as a message to us, the people in the 21st century. It is a warning to all believers. You attend a Nazarene church, and we are so glad that you do. And if you're visiting today, you're in a Nazarene church, and we are so glad that you're here. And that means you are in a holiness church where Christ called on his disciples to be holy is critically important to us. Believers are transformed into the likeness of Christ, growing in grace and in wholehearted love to God and neighbor. This was a really difficult message to prepare. And I believe it may be a hard message for some of you to hear today. Before we read the scripture, I want to unpack some things first. I want to clarify what it means to tolerate sin for a believer in the context 
of this message. You begin to believe that the sin is okay. You say that the sin is no big deal. You share with those that are in sin that they don't need to worry about it. You willingly and continually engage in a sinful deed or action because of its perceived pleasure or benefit. Today's passage focuses on tolerating sexual immorality. However, one could tolerate sin through unforgiveness, hatred, greed, anger, pride, gluttony, just to name a few. Please turn with me to Revelation chapter 2, 18 through 29 in your Bible, and please stand for the reading of God's word if you're able. Revelation chapter 2, verses 18 through 29. To the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you, You tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I will cast her on a bed of suffering. And I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of their ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds. And I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets. I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations, that one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father. I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear 
what the Spirit says to the churches. Let us pray. Dear God, today you're calling us to holiness. Help us, Father, not to conform to the ways of the world or the people around us. We are called to be holy just as you are holy. God, please continue to form us in your image. Holy Spirit, move in this place today. Move in my heart. Move in our hearts. Open our ears to hear your truth. Help us to make the changes that you speak to our hearts today. We love you, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Today's message is spoken to the believer to prompt a reality check. Hear the warning of God's word. The Bible talks and takes against sexual sin because that's what it's telling us in the mixing of secular, worldly ideologies. We must look at the truth and ask God to show us and help us not to be tolerant of sin. God's word is the ultimate authority. We are to be imitators of Christ. God expects holiness of every believer. Now, what does it mean to be holy? Holiness means being set apart, but not perfect. Holiness does not mean that you'll never make a mistake. Holiness means Christ-likeness. To be like Jesus with the skin on. Throughout the Old and New Testament Bible, we are told to be holy for I am holy, Leviticus 21.8. Be holy because I am holy, 1 Peter 1.16. By insisting on tolerance over the last several decades, human nature has deceitfully managed to produce an open-minded acceptance of what was once commonly known to be sinful behavior. The nation has been bulldozed into accepting this deceitful concept by cooperative media, good-looking celebrities, and the mentality that anything goes. The problem is we are surrounded by a culture that makes the absence of holiness, which is the presence of sin, fun, or even funny. No one told you life was gonna be this way. The job's a joke, you broke, your love life's the old way. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. Your day, we feel lost, we're in your heat.
a catchy tune. I'm up here patting my foot. I find myself wanting to hum it. And probably, instantly, when you heard that music clip, many of you remembered the TV sitcom Friends. I watched it when it first came on. It was a playful, upbeat comedy. I never stopped to think that this program was Satan's subtle way of introducing sin as okay and fun. After I accepted Jesus as my Lord, and I began to think about things differently. As God began to entirely sanctify me through and through, my thoughts, my attitude, my words, the jokes that I laughed about, the music that I listened to, and the TV shows that I was watching began to change and stop, in some cases, in order to represent Christ well. I said, Jesus, I surrender all. God wants all of us, not most of us. The devil is pleased when you're tolerating sin as you are missing God's best for you. And ultimately, one day, you will miss eternity in heaven. Have you surrendered all to Jesus? 52.5 million American viewers watched The End of Friends, making it the fifth most watched series finale in television history. It was the most watched television episode of the 2000s. Hollywood makes sin attractive, and so does the devil. Did you ever stop and think that this show introduced living together? That it is totally okay to have sex before marriage? It is fun to have a one-night stand? Gluttony's okay. Anger is funny. Materialism and pride is survival. This show was about love, sex, careers, being young, single, living in the city, and your friends were your family. Although Friends was just a TV comedy, it celebrated free sex, and millions of people got the message every week, and still do in reruns. It captured the expression, if it feels good, do it. In the sitcom, sin was tolerated. It was portrayed as sexy, exciting, enticing, fun. Sin is seductive. The TV show Friends is an example of how society is tolerant of sin. And it clearly explains why the letter to the church of Thyatira is to you, yes, but it's to me also. The church of Thyatira was engaging in sexual immorality and dabbling in idolatry. 
Thyatira was a blue-collared working person's town that served as a trade city. In Roman times, Thyatira became a center of manufacture and exchange, specializing in dyed garments, the most popular being the royal purple. Thyatira had many pagan trade guilds in the city, which made it very difficult to be a Christian with their rules and regulations. Each guild had a pagan god that allowed and encouraged sexual immorality. Verse 18, the church of Thyatira is the only church that Jesus uses his title, the church of God, the son of God to introduce himself to them. Jesus is stressing his deity. During this time of Roman rule, Thyatira's chief deity was Apollo, the sun god. Jesus spoke his title so the people would know clearly who was speaking this warning. As the son of God, he has eyes like blazing fire, eyes that can see all things and get right to the heart of what they're doing. He has feet like burnished bronze, which can trample sin underfoot and severely punish that which is wrong. Verse 19, I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Their commendation, their praise is that they are known for their works. They are known for their love and their service. They are growing. We must never sacrifice the truth of God's word for the growth of Christianity. We must stand firm and guard our mind and heart against the sin of the world. Verse 20. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. It is significant that Jesus refers to the woman, Jezebel. The mention of Jezebel takes us back to the Old Testament days of the weak and evil King Ahab and Elijah, God's prophet. Ahab married Jezebel, a Phoenician Baal worshiper, the pagan's pagan. She was strong-willed, she was politically astute and enticing. Well, who is Jezebel? Why would Jesus refer to her when speaking to the church of Thyatira? Jezebel's story is told in 1 and 2 Kings. 
God warned Israel kings against intermarriage with the heathen. For he knew that marriage to heathen wives usually led to heathen worship. Through her enticement, Baal worship was introduced into Israel. She persuaded King Ahab to tolerate her alien faith, her lust for sex, cruelty, and murder. It was carried on in the name of Jehovah, but it was Baal worship nevertheless. Jezebel fostered the spread of her Baal religion with its many gods, ritual sex, and temple prostitutes. It is important that we know that Jezebel and her union to King Ahab was viewed as a political alliance, bringing advantages to both nations. It was considered a win-win for both the Phoenicians and the Israelites because King Ahab tolerated Jezebel's sin. Jezebel imported 450 priests of Baal from her native land, and she had many of God's prophets murdered. It is important to note that to Jews, Baal worship was the worst sin against God, similar to Christians tolerating and embracing Satan today. Jezebel epitomized wickedness. She was denounced as a murderer, prostitute, and an enemy of God. As a result of her marriage to King Ahab, the Israelites were led into idolatry. And it was the prophet Elijah who was faithful to God and who fought the influence of Jezebel at every turn. When sin occurs, nothing is easier than saying, it's no big deal. It's so much simpler to ignore immoral behavior by believing that the sin was so small that it really wasn't a big deal. Why say anything? An example of doing the wrong thing for the right reason to legitimize sin, we have premarital sex. Then we say, we're in love, and we're going to get married. To engage in premarital or extramarital sex before or outside of marriage is to sin in God's sight. In the church of the Nazarene, we believe that God intends sexual intimacy to occur between a man and a woman who are married to each other. While we may make mistakes, God's word 
doesn't. Let me say that again. While we may make mistakes, God's word doesn't. Sexual immorality includes homosexuality. Scripture prohibits it in every way. Same-sex relationships are a divisive topic in today's world. Same-sex relationships are sin, and sin must be repented of. We allow the world to persuade our thoughts and actions, and we compromise. God expects holiness. Verse 21. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. Jesus declares to the angel of the church of Thyatira, I gave her space to repent her fornication, and she repented not. Just as God raised up Elijah with the message reform in the days of Jezebel, so God raised up those within the church during the time of Thyatira, who called for reformation and the turning from the acceptance of sin. Verse 22 and 23, So I will cast her on a bed of suffering, and I will make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely, unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. The word of God warns of judgment for those who will not repent. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets. I will not impose any other burden on you except to hold on to what you have until I come. We are told to hold fast until Christ returns. This is the first reference to the second coming of Jesus and the letters to the churches in the book of Revelation. Verse 26, to the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Jesus will give authority and power over all to those who obey his good news. Verse 28, I will also give that one the morning star. Jesus promises to give the morning star to those who are faithful. He knows the times and that they are being persecuted for their faith. The morning star appears in the darkest hour of the night. If you are in the midst of darkness or have abandoned your faith, The promise of hope 
Emmanuel is always there, always calling you to him. If you're tolerating something that you know is unpleasing to God, now is the time to repent. Give it to Jesus. We must not tolerate sin. But at the same time, in order to witness God's love to the lost, we cannot be about beating someone over the head by condemning the sin in their life. Now, let me explain that, because that sounds really crazy. To welcome people into the church, to continue in a relationship with family members or friends who you know aren't living a life that honors God is not tolerating sin. To continue to show God's love and kindness is not sin. My heart goes out to you. And my prayers are with you if you're in the midst of these painful and exasperating situations. The conflicting emotions you are experiencing are real, normal, and understandable. We must always be welcoming to those who are seeking. Welcoming to the soul, not welcoming to the sin. Ask yourself, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? The church of Thyatira was seeing the sins of the culture as normal and acceptable in the midst of their own personal lives. You are either dead or alive. You are either saved or you're lost. You are either a Christian or you're not a Christian. You are no halfway, partly a Christian. The church of Jesus Christ is to be holy and pure. So maybe, maybe the question, the most important question, the letter of Thyatira is asking us this morning, is what? Do you do with your sin? Jesus says to the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. He warns against a return to sinful lifestyle choices. His words extend mercy and demand holiness. Please watch this video on John 8. Go and sin no more. Ye have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that ye resist not evil. For whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek,
Master, this woman was taken in adultery, in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? What sayest thou? He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. thine accusers. Hath no man condemned thee? again what do you do with your sin God expects holiness of every believer stop tolerating sin in your life with forgiveness comes the expectation that we will turn from the things that hurt Christ now, today's message was focused on sexual immorality. However, it is a big deal for any sin to be in your life. Big sin, small sin, sin, sin. What do you do with your sin? Will you give it to Jesus? Will you surrender whatever it is that is unpleasing 
to God. Worship team, if you'll come on up and and play. Uh, Today is a call to holy living. Today, you can be the Christian that says, I surrender all. If there is something in your life that is unpleasing to God, please give it to Jesus while there's still time. Today when you came in, there should have been an index card and a pen in your chair. That's a possibility. We had a lot of responses in first service. You might not have a card in your seat, and if you need one, it's not going to be anything embarrassing. They'll just be laying on the back table and you can get it. Uh, But while the worship team is playing, you can respond by writing a note on the card. One, I surrender all to Jesus. Two, I gave my life to Jesus today for the very first time. Three, I recommitted my life to Christ. Four, maybe you have a prayer request that you need for us to be praying for. You don't have to write your name on the card. It can be anonymous. Because see, it's not about your pastor's knowing. It's about Jesus knowing and that you're responding to him. And this is a way to respond. Then as you leave the sanctuary, we're going to make it really easy. Please drop your card and the black buckets on the high top tables in the back. Let's pray. Oh, dear Lord, Jesus, we thank you for the living word of God that is truth spoken in love. Oh, Holy Spirit, conform me, conform us, conform your church into your image. Oh, Holy Spirit, we need you. Help me, help us to become who you want us to be. Please help us not to tolerate sin in our lives, in us. God, we thank you that your arms are wide open saying, I love you. He's calling us to surrender all. Oh, Father, help us to have a pure heart. Help us to change. Give us the courage today to write that note on the card. Nobody's going to condemn us. Nobody's going to judge us. Lord, it's between me and you. Help us to turn from sin and to turn totally to you. We need you, Father. We need you. Maybe we got that prayer request. Help us to have the courage to to ask somebody to pray with us. We love you, Jesus. And we ask these things in your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, 
Please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.